can tell that describes many of you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. I want to get you a Bible this morning and let you look on here. I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. If you uh, hadn't got a Bible, raise your hand. Also, that our uh, ushers will give you out a ticket. If you're a father and hadn't got a, a ticket yet, we want to get you one if you'll raise your hand. And they're going to get you one so you can be involved in a couple of drawings at the end of the service. All right. Well, as our ushers are helping you. I just want to start today that if you're a father, I'd ask you to stand today. Just stand up. Yeah, I want to honor you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look at them all. Praise the Lord. Well, I salute you today, dads. God bless each of you. Glad you came out today. I believe it's going to be a special day for you, and it should be. The word honor in itself means to esteem, to value is precious. And so I believe that needs what take place in all of our lives. And fathers, you can and you're needed to live within your potential right now. And I realize many times as fathers, we feel inferior, we feel inadequate. But I'm going to tell you, God will help you. He wants to assist you in so any way he can. You know, in, in saying those things, before we get rolling... Um, just in prayer through the week, the Lord just put on my heart to really honor a few other people here. And so without standing or without signaling you out, I, I just want to honor and salute parents or fathers, I should say, that are single parent fathers. God bless you for staying in there and not giving up on your kids. Today, I also want to honor single parent mothers or single mothers that have paid the role or played the role as a father. I honor you today. I salute you today. And also, grandparents that have raised their children's children, I salute you. I pray blessings over you. And one thing that's become very dear to me here in our own church is we've had spiritual fathers that have been raised up right here in the church. And what I mean by that is men that have, have become mentors to others. And many times right here in our church, some of the greatest cries I have for men is I want to be a godly father. I want to be a godly husband. But I don't know how. I don't know how. And so I salute the, the men in this church that are vastly rising up and becoming spiritual dads. And I could go around the room and pick many of you out. I mean, in the first service, you know, Pastor Daniel Berlanga, what a father figure. Uh, many of you know Bob Worth. Bob is 69 years old, and how he just loves everybody. Matt Robinson, and so, uh, dads, I salute all of you, but you ones who are rising up right here in the church as father figures, I salute you, that we serve a generation that needs men like you. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 9. And he said to me, my grace, and that word grace there means unmerited favor, an undeserved blessing, a free gift. Grace is a God-given resource. This is the best one of all of them to me is grace is an empowerment to, to achieve his plan. And so right here he says, my grace is sufficient. It's enough. Now look at the next few words very carefully. For you, for each one of us. My strength is made perfect, is fulfilled or completed 
in weakness. I say that for each one of us as fathers, guys, that his strength will show itself strong even in our weaknesses when we cry out to him. He ends the verse with this, Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. One translation says that it may pitch a tent over me and you, it will dwell upon you. And so, guys, here when you read this verse, even as fathers, God will assist you. God will help you. He'll empower you. And that's what I meant when I said earlier, many times we feel inadequate. We feel inferior because when you come into this earth and become a father, there's not a guide on what to do in there. There's not an owner's manual. And you guys who've just become fathers, that little baby boy, little girl came into the world and you thought, what do I do now? I've been there. But God will assist you. God will strengthen you and he'll help you. I've just got to quit limiting God. Begin to allow him. And I think one of the greatest prayers, Dad, we can say every day is, Father God, grace me today to fulfill your purpose, your calling in my life. Turn over to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. I want to encourage you today and put some of the word of God in you that you begin to see that God orders us and directs our step because, men, we are passing on a spiritual heritage to our children, whether you realize it or not. And so when you begin to study the, the four basic needs of every child, every child needs acceptance, security, identity, and purpose. Every child needs that. And so when you begin to, to show them acceptance as a father, it'll change them. When you become the security blanket, and what I mean by that is not only you provide for them, but your kids know that you'll always be there. And in my own life, guys, I, I was blessed with a great father. I really was. I never came home from school ever in my life, never even thought that I get home today, I sure hope my dad's going to be here. I was blessed with that. Maybe you weren't. Well, I challenge you today to raise the bar where you become that security, but also your children's identity, your children's purpose in life will become from you when you begin to guide them and lead them. And so Scripture today, I think, is going to give us an insight on some of that. Genesis 18, begin with me in verse 16. Then the men rose from there. And looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. He'll become a legacy. And all the nations, the people of the earth, shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he, Abraham, may command his children and his household after him. Now the Amplified says here that Abraham would teach and command his children after him. And so when you look at Abraham's life, Abraham was a doer of the word of God. Not only in his job, but Abraham was a doer of the word even within his house. And Abraham became the example to his children. And when you become the example, 
Your example is the tool to each one of them. And your example is necessary to strengthen what you teach. Because here in a minute, I'm going to show you a video that talks about your children are watching you. And so you become the example. Abraham was his example to command his children after him. But you cannot command your children beyond the measure of your own obedience. And what I mean by that is don't go telling your kids to do this or that when you don't do it. Your kids get up and go to church. Are you getting up and going to church? And so when you look at this, Father God spoke this over Abraham, but it's very important we see here in verse 19 that he said that you command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Now, when you begin to look at this in verse 18, the Lord said two things about Abraham. He said, he's going to be a mighty nation and I'm going to bless in him. Now, the other day I was reading in a book, I studied a lot of Jewish commentary called the Hamash. And it said this about these verses, verse 18 and 19, that the greatness of Abraham and the reason that Abraham would play the role that he would as far as blessing all the nations is Father God knew that Abraham would teach and command his children. To keep the way of the Lord. I think when I read that, that you must understand, Abraham, or Father God is looking for Abraham's today. That they will teach and command their children. And just like he said here, I'm going to bless Abraham. But the reason God put him in that situation was because he knew Abraham would teach his children the right way. Now, part of the Psalms talks about that our children are like arrows. And you think about an arrow, it'll only go where you aim it. Well, I believe this, guys, that with our children, we must aim and point our children in the right way they should go. Because, listen, if we don't, the heroes of our society will. And the heroes of our society's lives aren't based on godly character. They're not based on godly standards. And I'm talking about the heroes of our society that are actors, musicians, even athletes. And the vast majority of them, guys, their lives aren't based on anything of God. They're based on their talents, their abilities, and their looks. But you see how their lives are. I believe, guys, that God is wanting us as, as fathers to raise the standard back up in our homes. It's shocking to me that when I see the statistics on how many phone calls and cards go out on Mother's Day compared to Father's Day. They say that the phone calls will go up 80 plus percent on Mother's Day. But on Father's Day, it's not even 20%. And the reason I highlight that is because, yeah, there's a lot of fathers or there's a lot of daddies that aren't fathers. Now, I'm not slapping any guys. I'm not preaching judgment or condemnation here. But it doesn't take a man to become a father. 
It takes responsibility to become a father. Just because you can create a kid doesn't mean nothing. I mean, you think about that. That doesn't take a lot out of us. But to be a father, and this is what Winston Churchill said. He said, the, the, the secret of greatness is responsibility. Now turn with me to the book of Psalm 112, the 112th Psalm. Aaron, uh, you guys back there, would you go ahead and show that next video, please? Psalm 112. This, this video will touch your heart here, guys. Wow. We're on display every day, Dad. That's a good thing. You know, one of my favorite parts of that right there is when he said, don't be afraid to show him your mistakes, your failures. I mean, guys, none of us are perfect. And so those become tools to even teach on. Now, here we are in Psalm 112. Begin with me in verse number one of this passage. It says, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. And I like how it starts. It says, blessed is the man. But there is a reason for a man to live blessed. In other words, it doesn't just happen because of coincidence or good luck. And I believe he's telling us something here. Blessed is the man who, number one, what's it say? He fears the Lord. Fear leads me to walk in his ways. And to fear the Lord is to stand in awe. It's to stand in reverence of him. But I'm to fear the Lord. Not only in my public life, but in my private life. And no one sees the public life or the private life more than your own children. They see and they witness it. The second thing he says is, who delights, he cherishes, he relishes, he takes pleasure in God's commands. And so when you see this, great blessings are promised to the man who does those. Now when you look at this passage a little farther, you're going to see in here that really he's talking to fathers. And how do you know that? Because I want you to look at the outcome of the blessed man in verse 2. His offspring, his descendants, his seed, his children will be mighty on the earth. What ends up happening is when we live godly, when we live with a fear, when we choose to obey his, co his commandments, we pass on the power and the prestige of the things of God. This is a generational blessing that takes place. And look how he ends here. The generation of the upright will be blessed. And so what I want us to see today is when I serve God, not only does it bless my life and impact my life, it impacts my seed. My children will be mighty on the earth, but then he gets over to the generation that you become a generational blessing. In order to do that, guys, I'm not talking about just being successful at work. I think that's great that you're a hero and successful at work. But what about home? God didn't call us to be a lazy boy leader. He didn't call us to be a lazy boy daddy. He's causing us to live with the fear of God. And that we cherish the commandments of God. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy 30. And as you're turning there, 
Let me read you a couple of Proverbs here real quick in between. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7 says, The righteous man walks in his integrity. The righteous man walks. When it talks about walking, it's talking about how I live. One translation says he's undeviating in the way he walks. He, he, he walks within his integrity. You know what integrity is? It's perfected character that comes from doing the will of God. And it says here that, that the righteous man walks in his integrity and his children shall be blessed after him. You know what Father God says? Because you've walked in integrity, you've walked in righteousness, your, decision, or your descendants, your children are going to be blessed after you. Man, I like the thought of that. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6 says, The glory of children is their father. One translation says it this way, It's glorious for children to have a righteous father. You know why? Because those blessings of a righteous father are passed on to, a chi to the children. And I want you to see this today, that when you see about the patriarchs in the Bible, and I'm talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, almost always they're mentioned that way. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know why? Because God doesn't want you just to be blessed. He wants your children to be blessed. And he wants generations after you to be blessed. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 14. But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. I believe this is a challenge for us fathers today. That I must make the word of God very important in my own life. But I believe also that my children see me obey the word of God. Something happens when we live by the word of God, guys. Verse 15, see, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. Now, you know what he's telling us right here? Every one of us in this room, life is a choice. And he's given us the options right here. Verse 16, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God. Now, you want to know how you love the Lord your God? To walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgment. That you may live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. And so how do I show God my love? The way I obey his commands. The way I live on this earth. But look what he gets into in verse 17. But if you turn your heart away. So that you do not hear, you quit listening, and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go and possess. And so when I look at this right here, the impact of my choices goes far beyond just affecting me. How do you know that? Well, he really gives us some great insight here in verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. 
Why? That both you and your descendants may live. So what he's talking about here, guys, is a generational blessing, Father. The way I live isn't just going to impact me. It's going to impact my descendants, my children. Now, maybe you didn't come from descendants that honored God. I'm going to tell you, God always looks for just one. He's looking for an Abraham. When he had a, when Abraham made the choice to rise up, Abraham didn't have a heritage of godliness in his life. And like I said earlier, guys, in my own life, I was blessed to have a father that honored God. But my grandfathers didn't honor God. And so my father made the decision, the choice to say, I'm going to honor God. And because my father honored God, I look what happens. That there are me and my brother, and then our children, and then our grandchildren. And I've had men come up to us at the men of iron and say, we envy what you guys have. And I look and I think, you know what? God's just looking for one. He's just looking for one, Abraham. He's just looking for one, Isaac. Just someone to rise up. And you know, even in my own father's life, there are literally hundreds of men in the church he goes to that call my father dad because he's become a spiritual father. Many of you know the the real tall, lanky black man who plays the drums at the Men of Iron. That man is 60 years old. And any time I hear him address my father, you know how he addresses my own father? As dad. They call him dad. And so someone has to start. Someone has to set the tone. And maybe you were, you were given a generational blessing, but now you must keep it going. You must keep saying, okay, we're going to serve God. Now look what happens here in verse 20. That you may love the Lord your God. You'll become that example. Remember, your children are watching you. They'll watch how you love God. That you may obey his voice. Your children will watch the way you obey. And that you cling to him. And your children will see in days that are difficult, do you still cling to God? And he goes on to say, and he is your life. He is your life. And so when I read this right here, the challenge is to me is the impact I have on my children. They're they're watching how I love their mother. That men, daddies, husbands, if you don't love your wife, if you don't love their mother, don't expect your children to love your mother. And when it comes to respect and authority, do you, do you respect authority? And how you give and how you serve and how you look at church. Because when a father gets up on Sunday mornings and says, you kids get ready for church. Because your mother's going to take you. I'm going to tell you right now, your children won't have an appetite for the things of God either. And so, yeah, this may sound hard, and I'm not being judgmental or critical. I'm just raising the bar to say, you know, like the, the military says, we're looking for a few good men. I believe that's what God's doing today. And I believe the brightest days from America are still in front of us, but I believe it starts with men. That is, men rise up, a nation rises up. Thank you for that excitement. Thank you for that agreement. 
Keep reading. And the length of your days, then you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. To who? To Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give to them. So you know what it comes down to? You're going to leave some type of heritage. You're going to leave some type of legacy. And I pray for every one of us that we choose today that I want to live a legacy of godliness in my own life. But you know what? I, I can reflect back to 30 years ago that if I wouldn't have given my heart to the Lord and started serving God, the legacy I would have left my children was that of a drunk. It's what I was. The legacy of sin. And that's what had been passed down to many generations. But once again, God's just looking for one. I heard Joel Osteen say this recently. He said, the reason I speak so much about the goodness of God is because I saw my father model it. In other words, I was watching my dad. And I saw what my dad did. Now, I'm not going to have you turn there, but in Genesis chapter 48, I encourage you to read that chapter. And what happens in this chapter is Jacob's at the end of his life. And before Jacob died, he called all his sons in, his grandsons. Actually, there were 70 of them. And he began to speak blessings over them. And in Genesis 48, verses 8 and 9, Joseph brought in his two sons, which would have been Jacob's grandsons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And he said, let me lay hands on them and pronounce a blessing over them. Now, what I'm highlighting about that right there is a blessing is not a blessing until you speak it out. I believe it's very important, dads, granddads, great-granddads, that we pronounce blessings over our children. And when we pronounce a blessing over them, you know what it's doing? It's actually launching them into the world. It's launching them into their identity. It's launching them into their, their purpose. But listen to me. Don't let your words decimate their confidence. Don't let your words destroy their self-esteem. Don't let your words... Curse their future. Begin to pronounce blessings over them. And I love the thought that he sat down with them and he laid hands on them. And he spoke those blessings. It's very important, guys, you understand this. That some of you in this room might not have ever had a father speak a blessing over you. You may have had a father say to you, you won't, you can't, you'll never amount to nothing. I'm going to tell you today, I pronounce a blessing over you. I pronounce the very things that we read there in, in 2 Corinthians 12, that God will grace you. And in life, you know what I found? It's not always how we start, but it is very important how we finish. And maybe you, some of you may have not had the greatest start in your life, but you can still finish strong today. And so I'm going to release some things in you today, just as, as Jacob did, that you can be a godly daddy, that you can rise up, and you can be the example of love. You can be the example of someone that says, as for me and my ass, we're going to serve God. I'm the example of serving God. The buck stops here. 
And I personally invite some of you. Many of you have been through the Courageous Bible Study. We, we put that out there, guys, to help you. To learn to teach you. That is going on this summer right now on, on uh, Monday nights. Right here in this building. All we're doing is giving you tools to succeed. And if you saw the movie Courageous, remember, those daddies didn't start out well. But some of them finished well. Because they said, you know what? We're going to raise the standard in our home. We're going to raise that. And once again, guys, your children are watching you. Your grandchildren are watching you. Remember, some of you will remember this. I've told this story several times, but I have the tendency when I drive to become very aggressive. I don't know what happens. An impatience comes upon me. I don't like red lights and I don't like stop signs. And I don't like women that drive slow. I'm getting somewhere with that. So my grandson's with me one day. And there's a lady in front of me. I think it's a lady. It ended up being a man. And he wouldn't go, and I got irritated. And I said this out of my mouth, go, you idiot. And guess what? Just like that video, he said, I'm watching you. All of a sudden, his little head spun up, and he said, who's an idiot, Poppy? And I realized real quick, monkey see, monkey do. That they're watching us. That's a good thing. And I looked at him and I said, listen, Poppy shouldn't have said that. Poppy should not have said that. I don't say those things. And there's been several times he's told me, Mama says we don't say shut up. And there's times I've wanted to say, well, Mama ain't here, but I didn't. I said, (laughs) Poppy won't say shut up no more. But once again, guys, I set the tone. I set the standard. And so when I do mess up, i got to rise back up. Stand on your feet with me today. 